so I would say when you think of boundaries is boundaries is really um, assisting to identify and understand who you are. Hi, loves. I'm Dantea Mitchell Hunter, your new fave self-worth therapist. And this is Detox Therapy. Quick note, even though I'm a fully licensed therapist, this show is not a replacement for therapy. If you find yourself needing a therapist, definitely search for one in your area. Now, if you want to work with me, though, and you live in Washington, Georgia, or D.C., then please go to my website at soireesintherapy.com and book your free 15-minute consultation. All right. Welcome back, loves. Back, back, back again. Uh, we have a, a returning guest, just like I said would happen. I am bringing back my friend, one of the greatest therapists I know, Scarlett Ekaroma. You are already familiar with her from a previous episode. We talked about family dynamics. Lots of you have commented in and talked about how great that episode was. So I wanted to bring her back on because um, she's really good at setting boundaries. And I know boundaries is everything that is important. So I'm going to let Scarlett fully introduce herself again for those of you who may have missed that other episode. Scarlett. Oh, thank you so much for having me back, Dantea. Again, it's it's such an honor to be in this space with you. And um, I just want to say that what you're doing is literally life transforming. So it's, it's great to see it. Um, so again, uh, my name is Scarlett. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am the owner of Elevate Healing LLC, which is an exclusive online private practice. I am an inner wound healing therapist and a personal boundaries coach. And as of last week, I'm a newly published author. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, let's back up for just a moment there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you say boundaries coach? I am. <laughs> I am. Yes. Boundaries coach. Yes. People, people. Okay, we'll get into all that towards the end. Let me just say this, though, listeners. If you are considering, remotely considering working with this person, I would say get in now, okay? Because I might take the last seat. So I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay. So let's jump right into boundaries. I love talking about this, so let's get into it. Mm -hmm. What do you think is most important when it comes to boundaries and how to understand them? Um, so I would say when you think of boundaries is boundaries is really um, assisting to identify and understand who you are. Mm. So I think that's the core basic of it. And so what it identifies is wh- how you like to be treated, uh, what you like uh, and don't like and some, how someone's interacting with you. I mean, even goes down to like the type of events you would like attend. Mm. Um, so really, it's really setting the standard for yourself and then for others around you. I think another important factor is boundaries really help you find your voice, really helps you build self-esteem and confidence. Um, and just like, you know, what you've always shared, Dante, is like working on self-worth mm. as well. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I would also say that, you know, the biggest thing like I've experienced with setting boundaries is I realized like the power in using my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I decided to become consistent <laughs> in setting my boundaries. Yes. Consistency. Um, yeah. And so 
But the other caveat of that with boundaries, there's definitely a lot of internal work you have to do mm-hmm. um, to continue again to increase your self worth, and that's work I've definitely done and continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just for people out there, so they know, like I like sought and prayed for a support system. I have a great support system. I've read books to understand human mm-hmm. behavior, created a different social circle. I went to therapy. Yeah. Um, and I practice these boundary skills like consistently, even though a lot of times when I first started, I felt um, like I was an island on my on, on an on an island by myself mm-hmm. and I was scared. And the reason what I realized is like I was scared because I was quieting everyone else's voice and like raising mine, which was absolutely new to me. Mm-hmm. And then part of that was also like I knew that life could be lived differently and I was willing to risk like the discovery to figure that out. That makes a lot of sense. I like what you said. And I'm also still thinking about what you said earlier. You said like um, having standards for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so like how would someone know what their standards even are in order to start setting boundaries? I, I think it goes to really thinking about like when it comes to individuals is like really like looking internally about the feeling you have around somebody, mm-hmm. you know, really thinking about like, does this mission make me feel good in regards to, in particularly, in particularly their behavior? Does their behavior that they're doing towards me makes me feel good? And if you're saying no, then you have to really thinking about think about like this, like okay, what's the standard that I'm accepting? Mm-hmm. Like, is if I'm going to continue on this on this way, it's just like, are the standards really how I value myself? You know, are the standards really like if am, am I going to be OK with this, whatever the status quo may be for you? Yeah. And so and if it's not OK, then it's really looking at like, huh, what do I what do I need to do differently for sure? Yeah. So it's like a real changing mm-hmm. of just like how you interact with people. So I'm thinking like if I know my interaction with this person doesn't make me feel good yet, being female, being conditioned that I must water myself down and others for in, in order for others to shine and grow, mm-hmm. that you're asking me to do something like I've been trained to do, and that's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how can you help um, our listeners think about like how to like kind of move through that uncomfortability of, of starting to yeah use your own voice, like you said before? Um, you know, I I think it's the I think part of that is really thinking about the skills you need to acquire because it's, it's a skill, it's learning the skills. So it's thinking about like in regards to a feeling and it's just like, I mean, whether you do Google search, go to therapy, read a book, it's really thinking about like in regards to how to start setting the standard is really think about how you would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. Really, really thinking about that. So identifying that feeling, how the behavior you would like, and then that, that next process of, okay, how do I acquire the skills mm-hmm. so that can happen for me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a good time for you to tell us a story, to really put this, <laughs> put this together. Can you share with us a time where like, one, you realize, okay, something's not working, started to find your voice, what's the boundary? Mm-hmm. Get, get, let us in, let us in, tell us about that. Uh, absolutely. And you know, it's, and it's funny because it was like, which story do I pick? Hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> um, so the, I, let me say this caveat. So in 
a lot of this, of course, has to do with a lot of family interactions that I had in, in early age, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so part of this, my family and I are definitely in a better place now. And so part of this is to talk about the stories of progression of how it started, the middle, and then where am I currently at? Yeah. Um, so about 2010, uh, late 20s was in, er, was in grad school. Um, I just realized like at that time, I, I just like, I felt like my life could be different. Mm-hmm. So I would consistently ask myself, like, can I live life a different way? Um, so growing up, I was the go-to mm-hmm. person, the fixer, the superhero. I was the great big sister, always to look up to, was the middle child, second oldest, got good grades, was the problem solver, the go-to person to listen to. I was also the parentified child, mm-hmm. which is aka pseudo parent for those who don't know what that means. Yes. Um, and I, and total of siblings, I had eight. Um, you know, and then at, at one point, like, like again, that, that late twenties, because there's something about there's a transition when you go into your 30s mm. that is just like, do I still want to do this like life this way? Yeah, yeah. And so I realized like I didn't want to be that parentified person anymore. And I, and you know, unconsciously I was deemed the strong one because I did a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, that that strong shit is overrated, yeah. absolutely overrated yeah. and unsafe, um, and absolutely unsafe. So whether it was the paternal or maternal side of my family, they would, they would always come to me for advice. Mm. Of course, they wouldn't listen. I would become extremely upset, sometimes even to the point of rage. Mm -hmm. And when it didn't work out, the family would still, family member would still come to me to be the cleanup person, (laughs) which was bizarre to me. Um, And they would just literally look at me to do anything at all just to fix it. And I'm just like, so of course there was this obligation that I felt like I had to fix it. Um, so just to get in there. Mm-hmm. So you being this pseudo parent, meaning like you are seen as a parental figure yet without any of the respect. Uh, and absolutely. so you're here, you're, someone's coming up to you and they're saying, Hey, help me with this. And you give them your best advice and they don't follow the advice. They go blow up their life. Then they come back to the pseudo parent mm-hmm. to fix the thing that they blew up because they didn't listen to you. Exactly. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it's, it was a constant, constant, constant cycle. And, you know, with that constant cycle came all these like, um, symptoms that I was having. Mm. So I would have like these massive headaches, this like wicked, wicked nausea. It was, it was wild how, how horrible it was. Frequent, constant running thoughts. I couldn't sleep. I stressed and emotionally ate a lot, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this people's what we call psychosomatic symptoms. <laughs> okay. <Yes>. Educational <laughs> drops. <laughs> um, and then what I realized is when I needed someone, I felt like no one was there. Mm-hmm. Because again, I was deemed the strong one because I did so many things well. Like everybody's like, oh, she's fine. Yeah. She she's got it. Yeah. And it was I was it was in the evening. I was driving to my grad class. Something on both sides of my family, my maternal, paternal, one of them had pissed me off or probably all of them just rolled the dice at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this, this huge aha moment that I had. And I'm like, cause of course I was feeling all those symptoms mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh my God, it's, it's my family. It's my family mm-hmm. who is making me sick. And I'm like, what the F? Yeah. And 
I just remember going to grad class and I just, I couldn't even think because it was such a mind exploding moment for me. And it was just like, wow, like I got to do something different. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, so at that time, even though I said I was doing something different, I now know is I had to set boundaries. Yeah. Like that's, that was the conversation I started having with myself and it was very hard. What was, was that very, conversation? Very so the conversation was just like, do you, again, that same, like, do you, do you still want to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, do you still want to cry all the time? Yeah. You know, do you still want to be looked at as the person? Because that's the thing like with the strong ones, it's, it's literally, there's this un, unconscious thing that you do. Like you have to hold everything for everyone in the family mm -hmm. because you're looked as the one that has it all together. And so I had said to myself, it's like, do I still want to do that? Yeah. You know, do I still, um, am I going to be okay with how my family looks at me if I, if I decide to step away from this role? Mm -hmm. So, and that was really a lot of like, just, just dying of that identity mm -hmm. that I just, you know, I don't even think like it was something that I wanted. I think it was just given to me because I did things well. Yeah. And so it was really just going into like, why, why am I doing this? Is it because I want to, or is it because somebody said I had to do it? Mm -hmm. So when I figured out it was because somebody said I had to do yeah. it. And then I went into like, well, what's the reason I have to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So it was conversations like that. I mean, like all the time, Yeah, all the time. So the, yeah. cause I, that piece right there is where like the breaking of all of the shoulds mm -hmm. and have to starts coming apart when you're like, do I have to do this? Like, do I mm -hmm. have to always answer the phone when my dad calls me? Because mm -hmm. if I don't, the backlash, whatever, right? Do I actually have to? Where's that written? Yeah. Okay, I don't have to answer the phone every time he calls me. So now what, now what do we do, right? So when we make that decision mm -hmm. around, I don't have to do this, that's when it gets really scary. And so how did you... Yeah. Do you remember those first little tiny steps of like, okay, this is going to be the first baby boundary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scary. And, so, and, and it's funny because you say that about answering the phone because mm. that's what it was. I mean, like I would literally be in college and my family would call me and they lived in Orlando mm -hmm. and I was in Gainesville. My family in California or Orlando would call me mm -hmm. to do something. And I'm like, but do you know people actually live in your house who can do it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And so... I, and so the big thing that I remember doing in, it was not answering the phone and not answering my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I remember in college, just not carrying my cell phone with me because wow. that for me, it was just like, they had easy access mm -hmm. um, to me. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be that accessible <laughs> yeah. for them. That's huge. Yeah. Oh. I can, I mean, when you said that my heart dropped, so I already know some of the people <laughs> I hear, I'm like, girl, no, I can never leave my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, these are, this is not something permanent. Like you mm -hmm. have your phone on you all the time. Now mm -hmm. you have Apple watch, like you got all yeah, the things going exactly. on for you. <laughs> and, and, and in that moment, that was like your first step. Those are one of your first steps. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I may not be ready to be like, Hey, Everyone stop calling me, please, because mm -hmm. I'm not going to fix it. I'm, I'll just leave my phone mm -hmm. at my house and I'll be gone for four hours. And, and to take it a step further is I would purposely not listen to the voicemails until the end of the week. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because they listen, listen, because I knew the voicemails was like, Scarlett, can you do this? Whatever, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nope, I'm in school. Leave <laughs> me alone. Yes. And so... Yeah, that was that was like the further step that I took. And so what would you call that boundary? Um, 
I would definitely, I probably would go into, I would probably say that is a communication boundary Mm -hmm. for me and then an emotional safe boundary for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because this reminds me, you know, when we, when you talk about boundaries and silencing the voices and expectations of others and think and bringing up your own voice. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like for you, your own voice was, was saying, I need, I need distance Mm-hmm. Um, I need some solitude around like how much we communicate. And that Absolutely. sounds like one of the first steps. And I love that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we're just going to keep gently <laughs> stepping our baby toes, everyone into this. Cause I know it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. And you got this. We're going to keep doing this. So when you think about boundaries, sometimes people feel like boundaries are like, nope, cut it off. Done. Don't ever speak to me again. Mm-hmm. Don't ever call me again. Block you out. Right. Are there ways for boundaries to be flexible? Or do some need to be more strict? Mm-hmm. Can you give some reasons behind that? Um, great question. So I think they need, I'll say for me, it had to start off as very rigid mm-hmm. because I had to get used to what I was trying to discover for myself was like really identifying me yeah. and, and really identifying like, what do I like? Mm-hmm. What do, and particularly more of like what I don't like. And what I wasn't going to accept anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that what I was, the behaviors I wasn't going to accept anymore was really challenging because it was just like, it almost feels like it's like, well, they're not going to like me or love me anymore. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's not true. No, you know, that's just, that's just not true. Um, so I, it be, my boundaries became more flexible as I became a healthier person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and it was it was important for me to become more flexible because I was I was changing into a new person. Mm-hmm. So the boundaries I started out with, which was very rigid, like don't talk to me, mm-hmm. turned into like, OK, let's talk about the conversations I would like to be a part of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is my boundaries had to be rigid in the beginning because that's what I needed. That's the behaviors that I was receiving we're not working for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I need to put boundaries around those behaviors my family was giving me. Mm-hmm. And they became more flexible once I started to become a healthier person. I, be, I started to become a health, healthier person mm-hmm. because of those boundaries that I set. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I would say definitely at the beginning of me being rigid was really me practicing. Like, especially practicing saying no to, to mm-hmm. any of my family because I'm so used to being like, okay, even though I didn't feel like doing it, yeah, you know? And so when I just, when I saw me getting comfortable with saying no, and then I went into like, well, here's what I can offer. Cause it was just no for me. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And so now when the, when I became healthier, it was now, okay, it's, it's, I can tell you what I can offer mm-hmm. instead of a flat out no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. as as you're talking about this, I I remember that episode um of on Sesame Street. This was I mean, this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um where they said like no, like just say no. You can just say no. And then later on in my life, I would start hearing like women say you no is a sentence. Like no is mm-hmm. a full sentence, right? And it's so hard just to say no. Just mm-hmm. say no. And when you start practicing it, like you said, it becomes easier. And then you can give more reasons behind it. And I start laughing, too, because I have a, um, a friend of mine who is going to have a baby shower um, soon. And she was asking me, which category do I want to be a part of to, like, help 
make this baby shower come true, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't actually want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to say no to that. And let me know how I can support you financially mm-hmm. to make sure it's the day you want it to be. Like mm-hmm. that's that. that's where I'm at now. And I can, and it's okay. And we're still friends and we still mm-hmm. love each other. Like it's okay. So, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that description and walking through that because it's hard, especially mm-hmm. with family. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about, because there's something I feel like gets maybe minimized. I mean, you can tell me your thoughts behind this. Mm-hmm. We think about like, okay, I need to set a boundary. So I set that boundary. Great. And it's like part Two, which I feel like is the more advanced level. Mm-hmm. And the part that's really important is maintaining the boundary, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm sure with your family, when you set the boundary, they push back oh, as absolutely. people would because they're trying to figure out, wait, that door used to be here. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that door wasn't here before. And now it's here. Mm-hmm. How can, can you speak to like that part two of it, the holding up the boundary? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the one of the biggest, you know, people who are violators are, is your family, mm-hmm. you know, because it's the they absolutely take advantage of the title family, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I had to, when I started having those same feelings of like this yuckiness, like, ugh, this like dredge of like them asking me stuff. So I went again into that whole thought process of like, okay, okay, Scarlett, you've seen this show before. (laughs) We know what it looked like when you didn't have boundaries and how you felt and like everything that followed after that, because it just, it just, the violation doesn't stop. Yeah. You know, it just, this continues to happen. And I said, and when you did it, you saw they had a different response to you and you felt better. So make a choice. Mm-hmm. You have to make a choice. Yeah. And so, because it's, it's, it's absolutely easy to fall back into to old patterns because that's what they're used to seeing you as. And so when I would, I, and I still do that thought process till today. You know, and I'm just like, what do we want to do? Like, how do you want to show up? What ways can you show up? So really just asking about what is important to me, Yeah. you know, and that, and that I can still be a part of the family. I can show up in this way, not the way you want me to show up for you. Absolutely. And it sounds like some of that, um, the reasons to continue to maintain the boundary is because you remember like how it made you feel good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep holding up this boundary because that makes me feel good. If I go back to the old ways, which may happen, it's natural. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get a reminder of, ooh, ouch, eek, I didn't like mm-hmm. that. Now I'm sad. Now I'm depressed again. Now I'm overeating or whatever. And when mm-hmm. I maintain the boundaries, I feel more joy. I feel pe- uh, peace and even emotional safety. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, I I would, because I go into this as like, um, what's the hard choice you're going to make? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to make the hard choice for what's better for you? Or are you going to make the choice that best suits your family? Yeah. You know, so I like, that's that whole, okay, what actually works for me? And then every single time I said it out, yes, my family's upset. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I had to say to myself consistently was just because they're upset at me does not mean they love me less. Yes. Exactly. That was a huge thing up because of course it's, we, you know, we're, when we see, especially our primary caregivers, parents or whoever it is, when they were mad at you, when you were young, there's this automatic thing. You're like, I'm not lovable, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not true. And it's just like, 
they still love you and it would have been better if they would apologize. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so you have to continue to tell yourself that it's just because someone is mad at me does not mean I'm less lovable. It does not mean they love me less. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then that would be conditional mm-hmm. love, right? Like mm-hmm. saying no means, Oh, okay. You're, you're deducted 10 points of love now. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's really stressful. And it's not, it's not like that. I can have a boundary. I can have a time limit mm-hmm. and I'm still loved mm-hmm. and that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Oh, I love it. Scarlet. Like I said before, people, <laughs> should, I mean, do you hear it? Do you see it? Are you feeling it? Yes. Yes. This is someone who really understands the work of boundaries mm-hmm. and the importance behind it and how this is just real, truly a lifelong thing. And you just keep adjusting your boundaries. They can go from rigid to flexible back to rigid again if needed. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So as we start to like wrap this up, Scarlett, can you tell us, as you mentioned kind of before, a little, little teaser, a little, little spring spring, mm-hmm. anything you want to share with the audience about what you're working on, anything upcoming? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. such a loaded question, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's loaded? How so? <laughs> because, it, you know, I, I'm like, what am I not working on something? <laughs> well, that part is true. That exactly. part is true. <laughs> um, so um, as I said earlier, I'm a newly published author. So I recently released a uh, prompt journal, which is called My Worries and Wins Journal. Over the galaxies about it, because um, it was definitely a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com now. Yes. So order, 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 please. <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm excited about this journal is because part of why I went into this is to thinking about the person who can't see me. Yeah. As a, you know, as a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this journal helps individuals, um, who can't afford therapy or, or just don't utilize it for whatever reason they have. And this journal helps people have a therapeutic experience, mm-hmm. which is what I'm like so, so ecstatic about. Yes. Um, the second, uh, the second big thing that I'm working on is in March, boom, 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 first time announced ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> Exclusive. No one, yep. No one has heard this before, but in March, I'll be hosting a free webinar about setting personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then af- following that, I will be having a course around setting personal boundaries as well. Um, so in the webinar, I will definitely be going into further detail that I went into, you know, what I first started talking about in this episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something I'm telling people is something you want to sign up for. Yes. It's, it's life transforming. Um, it's empowering. And I'm just excited of really what I'm, what I put together. I'm so excited. And so you're doing a <laughs> webinar that people can mm-hmm. sign up for and they get to learn yes. more about like how to set boundaries and everything. Exactly. I love so, it. um, I would, so here's what I want you to do, people. Yes. (laughs) So that you're aware of when the webinar is going to be released, go to my website, elevatehealingllc.com, scroll all the way to the bottom until you can't scroll anymore. (laughs) There's a link that says join the webinar wait list. Click on it, put your email in there. Because I'm telling you again, this is the course you don't want to miss. And, and of course, take advantage because it's free. <laughs> we like free. <laughs> we, we exactly love free. If everybody who knows me well is like, Scarlett will look for the free. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. I love that. We will make sure we have the um, link to your website, of course. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the link to your awesome journal. 
and all the places that people can find you. So I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about it. Everyone, if you happen to take the course, which I hope you do, please let me know how it went and we can talk about it because I'm so excited for people to have access to Scarlett in a larger way for who may not be able to get to see her one-on-one. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Thank you so much, Scarlett, for coming on again. I am sure for as long as I have this podcast, you will be back (laughs) again. Um, And so for all the listeners, I really hope that you enjoyed this time with Scarlett. I really hope that you're thinking about the ways in which you can really have a moment with yourself and be like, what do I not want to keep experiencing in my life? Maybe starting with family, maybe starting with friends and then move from there. So you got this. I believe in you. It's going to be just fine. All right. Until next time. Bye. Thank you, loves, for listening to this week's episode. If you're enjoying the show, it'd be really great if you could please rate and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Soirees and Therapy. To learn more about the services I offer, visit soireesandtherapy.com. If you've got a question you'd like me to answer, please send your question to dantea at soireesandtherapy.com. The answer might just become an episode. Mm-hmm.